What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Bleeding BNG Podcast, episode 66. So, no, you don't get vibrant, exuberant, joyful Jalen today because honestly, what has this team given you to be vibrant, exuberant, or joyful about? Um, this is a recap episode. It's not going to be long. Trust me. Trust me when I say that today. It's not going to be long because I plan on giving you the amount of effort that the Washington, whatever they want to be called, the Redskins, the football team, the Commanders, whatever iteration of the Washington franchise you want to call them because I haven't seen any effort in about 25 years um, or my 26 years being a fan. Um, and I was very tempted, honestly, man, and I hate to admit this, but I was very tempted to not do a podcast um, this week. Um, to not do a recap episode this week, um, because there's honestly not too much to talk about that hasn't been said already. But I decided that I'm going to look out for my fans, unlike the Washington Commanders. Did you hear that? I said, I'm going to look out for my fans, unlike the Washington Commanders, and try to give you guys the best podcast episode possible today. Um, but I mean, how good of a how quality of a product can you give when your team is one of the worst organizations in the NFL. Um, so let's just talk about the shellacking that we took to the hands of the Philadelphia Eagles yesterday. Yes, I said yesterday. Couldn't give you an instant reaction, instant analysis pod like we've been doing over the course of the last two seasons uh, where we record on Sunday nights. Because honestly, guys, I'm letting you know this now. Honestly. Honestly. Me recording yesterday wasn't going to be good for anybody. It wasn't going to be good for my health. It wasn't going to be good for your ears. That was just going to be a lot of yelling and cursing going on yesterday. And I'm trying to deviate away from that. I'm trying not to let this franchise, this organization stress me out. Stress me out as much as they've done in years past. You can see my voice is still a tad bit hoarse. And I'm trying to figure out why I go to the stadium and spend my money as a season ticket holder for this bum-ass product that I watch week in and week out. Um, I'm, I Honestly, I feel bamboozled. I feel bamboozled because even as a season ticket holder, you pay for the product. You pay for quality product at least. And we're not getting that. You want to know how I not how I know we're not getting that? Because if we were getting that, you wouldn't be scored 46 to 0 in your last two first halves. Washington was outscored 24 to 0 yesterday against the Philadelphia Eagles. In succession to the prior week where they was outscored 22 to nothing in the first half against the Detroit Lions. Well, guess what? Anybody that had a silver lining coming out of that Detroit game talking about we were back in it, even though we were never within a touchdown, talking about how we came back because I saw that was some of the angle coming to media people and some other content creators were trying to take and things like that. Well, guess what? You played a better team in the Philadelphia Eagles. Did we come back this week? Did we come back in the second half this week? No. The real score is 24-2, we being honest. Because Antonio Gibson got the most garbage of garbage time touchdowns with two minutes left in the game. The real score was a 24-2. I'm calling that a shutout for the Philadelphia Eagles. We got shut out by a divisional opponent. That should make us feel, that should make us depressed. Let's just call it what it is what it is. And I know all you guys with those burgundy tinted lenses that like coming for me on social media and things. Oh, man, you're, you're just so negative. You're just so negative. What has this team done for you to be positive and optimistic? I've tried that angle. I've tried that angle. It doesn't work. So I'm going back to what I know. Calling us some shit like how we've been some shit for years on end. 
Be upset if you want, man. It's the truth. If you can't handle the truth, I don't know what to tell you. And if you notice, we haven't even gone over a stat breakdown yet because that shit doesn't matter. And we won't be going over it today. I can tell you this. Carson Wentz threw for 41 times. Threw the ball 41 times for 211 yards. That's like 4.7 yards passing per average. That's little league shit, man. That's little league football shit, bro. That's little league football shit, bro. And this is my thing. Yes, I know we were missing Chase Roulier, but did Scott, nor Ron Rivera, nor Carson Wentz notice that Wes Schweitzer was snapping slow as shit all week? Carson Wentz got sacked nine times yesterday. The Eagles look like hound dogs hitting that man yesterday, the most in his career. And I'm telling you, a lot of that was on Carson. Holding the shit out of the ball like we've been talking about. A lot of it was on the offensive line. Every single starting offensive lineman was accounted for at least one sack yesterday. Sam Cosby with three playing the worst game of his career. I don't know what the fuck was up with him yesterday. Looked like he couldn't move yesterday. But let's talk about Scott Turner as well. Because, like, I noticed how slow that, that snap was after the first two series. And I'm in the stadium. <clears throat> I'm not even sure if the commentators were talking about it. Because I had to go back to watch that game. And I'm telling you right now, I won't. I won't. Don't be looking for any film breakdown or any social media film breakdowns on our pages this week. Because I'm not going back to watch that game. What do I try to, what am I trying to make myself depressed again? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So what is the point of me watching film and expecting some shit to change? But guess what? The commanders are, you know, showcasing their own level of insanity because they we knew that the linebacker play was bad last year. We knew it. They told us that. Multiple times on multiple occasions, both Jack and... And Ron Rivera told us the linebackers were, were horrible last year and didn't play up to their potential. Well, guess what? Why didn't you bring in any type of impact uh, acquisition throughout the offseason? The definition of insanity. Trey Turner was one of the worst, worst guards ranked in PFFF over the course of the last two seasons with both the Chargers and the Steelers. The Chargers let his ass go after one season. The Steelers let his ass go after one season. But no, we bring him in. We swear to John Masco is this all-world renowned offensive line coach and expect him to return to his all-pro caliber form that he had in Carolina just because he's with the guys that he was with in Carolina six to seven years ago. Trey Turner can't fucking move. I told y'all that in training camp. I told y'all that Trey Turner doesn't want to play football anymore. He was acting like it at training camp when he was on the side field, not even practicing. He would be on the side field just standing still. You can ask Rio. You can ask my guys Tay and Todd. I turned to them in May and June and July and told him that I don't think Trey Turner wants to play football. And guess what? In all of his reps that he's been in since week one, he's looked like ass. He cannot move anymore. I told y'all that a long time ago. And I hate to be the I told you so guy. And I'm not talking to anybody listening to this. I'm talking to the damn Washington Commanders front office. 
I'm talking to Ron Rivera. This co-centric bullshit ass approach that we've been following for three years. I'm talking to you, bro. That's the definition of insanity. Thinking that Trey Turner was just going to come back and regain his all-pro form. When he can't move on the NFL field anymore. But you're cutting guys like Eric Flowers. And I know a lot of you guys are, oh, Eric Flowers isn't in the league right now. So what makes you think he'll be I guarantee you that Eric Flowers is better than Trey Turner. I guarantee you that. Eric, Eric Flowers could be out of shape. He could have been eating for the last four months. I guarantee you that he was better than that piss poor shit I saw from Trey Turner yesterday. I'm willing to put my mortgage on that. I'm willing to put my mortgage on that. This is ridiculous, man. We don't have an identity. Yes, we do. Our identity is giving up big plays and not having any. That sounds like an identity of a 1-16 team for me. And I hate to talk about this early in the season, but what are we to look forward to? What are we to look forward to when you're going into halftime week in and week out down by 20 points? You know you're not coming back at that point. This is the NFL. This ain't college. This ain't college. So we expect an miracle comeback week in and week out. That's the definition of insanity for us as fans, if that's what we're expecting. Because when has it happened? And if you're referring to the cold red game from Jay Gruden in 2015, which is now seven years ago, you're insane. You're insane. This shit is bad, man. This shit is bad, and I don't see it turning around anytime soon. My high prospects for this season are out the window. Out the window. I don't see how this team wins more than four or five games with what you guys told me was one of the worst schedules in the NFL. It just is what it is. I told y'all a long time ago. I told y'all when it happened. Carson Wentz was not the answer. And don't, don't, don't be fooled because I'm talking about his play and I'm not a hater and talked about how he kind of surprised me in the first two weeks. I never thought he was the answer, even in those first two weeks. Yeah, he threw you back into the Jacksonville game. Well, guess what? He threw you out of it in the first place. Yeah, he threw you kind of back into the Detroit game, even though you never legitimately came back. You were never within seven points. But guess what? Him holding on to the ball kind of took you out of it in the first half. And I've been going on my victory lap all day, all day, because some of you content creators and some of you guys on Twitter swore I was a hater when I told you all summer and all offseason that Jalen Hurts was better than Carson Wentz. Y'all swore I was a hater. And then I would always ask you guys the same question, and nobody would give me an answer. Nobody could ever give me an answer. So I'm going to ask it today. After Jalen Hurts' 340-yard through the air, through the air, three touchdown performance yesterday. In what profession does somebody ever lose their job to somebody that they're worse than? That was always my point of evidence when telling you that Jalen Hurts was better than Carson Wentz. The Eagles would have never taken the biggest cap hit to that date. The biggest cap hit in NFL history to release a player 
as they did with Carson Wentz shipping him off to the Indianapolis Colts. If they thought that Carson Wentz was legitimately better than Jalen Hurts, no matter what mental blocks you want to tell me Carson had in Philly. It does not work like that. Economics does not work like that. And now the Philadelphia Eagles are showing you they're right. And that's just a better organization than we are. Well, guess what? I'm going to use this opportunity to tell you that I was right as well. Maybe you should listen to us over at Bleeding BNG sometimes. Maybe you should listen to us over at Bleeding BNG sometimes. Because this is troubling. This is troubling. Now, uh, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to start. Because, like, the, we talk about the defense. And this lets you know how good Jalen Hurts has become. He's an MVP candidate through the first three weeks. But we talk about how the defense, you know, did their thing. They, they held up Jalen Hurts. The Eagles didn't score in the first quarter. The man still had a 340-yard performance through the air. He didn't even need to use his legs to tear you apart, which we can do, which we know he can do. He's one of the three best running quarterbacks in the entire NFL. He didn't even need that to beat your poorest defense. It's a philosophy issue. It's an organizational issue, and I don't really have any more excuses other than we're cursed. And people have been telling me, they, I've heard about the Ashbury curse, I've heard about the Snyder curse, and I've always said, man, keep that hocus pocus bullshit over there. But now I'm starting to buy into it, man. Now I'm starting to buy into it. Because no matter who we put in, no matter what culture regime, no matter what players we bring in, Everybody just comes to Washington and forgets football, man. Forgets how to play. Forgets how to construct rosters. Forgets how to run an organization. Like it, 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 We're cursed. And I don't know where the curse is coming from. But we got a hex on this team. There's a legit hex on this team. Now everybody all of a sudden is calling me a Terry McLaurin basher. Because I'm pointing out that Terry McLaurin has seven yards in the first three first halves of games this season. And that came in the first week against Jacksonville. Terry McLaurin has been shut out in the last two first halves. But everybody's calling me a Terry McLaurin hater now that I point that out. Do y'all forget that I got Terry McLaurin's autograph just sitting right there, bro? How can I be a hater? Fucking idiots. Oh, I'm a hater because I'm talking about what I actually see, what's actually going on in the football field. I got you. I got you. But go back to my episode, our celebratory episode, when we, when we signed Terry McLaurin to his extension. I said in that episode, some of the excuses that we make for Terry has to stop. He can't have games where he's getting shut out by Trayvon Diggs anymore, no matter who the quarterback is. You can't be making excuses for players that you pay $24 million to. And this isn't on a, a this isn't a solely Terry McLaurin issue, even though I don't think he's getting out open on as many routes as he should have. Darius Slay had that last locked up last um, in the first half last game. But this also goes to Scott Turner. Scheme Terry McLaurin open, bro. Y'all out there paying that man for no reason. Bad economics. And if you about to run over here and come and tell me how Terry McLaurin had over 100 yards yesterday, all coming in the second half, all coming when they were trailing at least by 20 points, you might as well keep that shit over there, man. 
because you would sound insane. Insane boosting over those garbage time stats. Trust me, he's on my fantasy team. I want any any point he can get. But you will legitimately sound insane like some of you are trying to do. What did Terry do in the second half? Yeah, the game was 24-0, bro. The Eagles stopped playing bell coverage. They stopped playing soft coverage. They start playing soft coverage. That shows me who doesn't know the game. That right there shows me who doesn't know the game. And it's not just the fans. I can't just blame the fans when it's happening in our own organization. The game has passed by Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio's old antiquated asses, dog. I mentioned last week, I want a head coach that must, does more than just delegate, man. Roger's sister with his arms folded. Yeah, guys, 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 guys. Don't draw me your mouth unless you've been there, guys, guys, guys. Just spewing bullshit. Just stammering his way through bullshit week in and week out. I legit believe he's lost. Like he looked lost his last year in Carolina. And guess what? He's coming up here and doing the same exact things. Bringing in old retreads that were never good just because they know the system. Bucking against other players that don't fall in line with this system. Like a Trent Williams. Like a Eric Flowers. And I know Trent might not have stayed in things like that. But it was clear that Ron and him didn't see eye to eye. Once Ron was bought in. People forget. People tend to forget that Trent Williams was still on his roster when Ron was bought in. Now how hard did they work to, to, to butter Trent up? To butter Trent up, it wasn't hard enough. When you're dealing with the best left tackle in NFL history. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, I said it. That was the first red flag that I noticed under the Robert Rivera regime for somebody that is so respected by the players. Somebody that's so respected around the NFL. Well, you're kidding. Memphis is with the best tackle in NFL history. Same with Eric Flowers. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out, like, why we bring John Bostick in, who was clearly, or who you guys clearly thought was better than David Mayo, as you know, he was on the death chart in 2020, in 2021, above David Mayo, but now he can't see the field. You brought in his bum ass. I'm not saying John Bostick is the answer. But if I see David Mayo's old six flat 40 running ass out there trying to cover another elite running back, I'm going to lose my shit, bro. I'm going to lose my shit, bro. And all this falls back onto guys, 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 guys. Coach Ron Rivera with his coach-centric approach. We're a mess. We're a mess. We're a mess. You still can't stop the run, but you let go of Matt Ioannidis because he was bugging against your system as well. Then you cheap out with Tim Settle and can't pay him $4 million 
and give him to your protege who's running laps around you in Sean McDermott in Buffalo. How do you sleep with yourself at night, Ron? No, you done fucked up this many times, bro. It's it's bad. It's bad. Let's go back to this coach-centric approach with Ron Rivera is the GM as well. So he's responsible for the roster construction as well, right? So we had a DB in William Jackson, a cornerback, who isn't exactly setting the world on fire. He's actually playing one of the worst starting cornerbacks in the NFL. We had one DB miss the game last yesterday, and we're forced to put Ricard Wild Goose. We have one cornerback missed the game yesterday. And now we're forced to start Ricard Wild Goose, who the Eagles targeted for a big defensive pass interference on the first play of the game. And who continued to get manhandled for four quarters. And you know we're not the biggest Danny Johnson fans here. We're not. We don't think he's the answer. But I've seen Danny Johnson have performances on Sundays in actual NFL games better than that shit I saw from Ricard Wild Goose yesterday. It's a, it's a, it's, it's, it, 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 it digs deep, man. It legitimately digs deep, man. It, it digs deep, man. Like I said, Carson got smacked in the mouth, nine sacks. A lot of that had to do with, because he was holding on to the ball too long. Those mental blocks with Carson Wentz are, are clear as day. Those are real. Those are real. And I appreciate the guys from Indianapolis and Philly trying to give me a heads up before. Even though I was somewhat skeptical on my own end. Those are real. Carson, what's Shell Shark playing this former team yesterday? Why do you think he was on the ball for so long? I don't know, man. I don't know what to say. I don't. Now, looking ahead into next week, we're already three-point underdogs to backup quarterback Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys. That tells you everything that Vegas thinks of us right now. The Detroit Lions... Being a favorite didn't tell you that. Us being three-point underdogs to Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys tells you everything that you need to know about what, what, what most people think about this team at this point. Like I told y'all last week, we all did getting bullied. That's the most depressing thing is the way we lose. We get bullied. We get manhandled. So I'm over here wearing my Chase Young jersey now because I don't know if he's the answer. You know, we're far from Chase Young fanboys over here. But him, along with Brian Robinson, do bring an element of toughness that this team is severely lacking. So if you can hear me now, Chase, please come soon, man. B-Rock, please come soon, man, because I don't know if they're going to save the season. But that's the only hope I have right now. And that just is what it is. So that'll do it for this week's episode or today's episode of the Bleeding BNG Podcast. I don't even know what I'm going to title this episode, but you know we come with the witty title. So be sure to look for us on all podcast platforms. But if you're checking us out on Spotify 
or Apple Podcasts specifically, be sure to leave a rating, be sure to review, be sure to subscribe. If you're checking us out on YouTube, be sure to like, be sure to comment, be sure to subscribe as well. Because we're pushing out this content. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, we're going to give you more episode, more effort than the Washington Commanders are doing. See, they got me straddling over my words now. I'm so frustrated. We're going to give you more effort than the Washington Commanders. I can promise you that. If you haven't, be sure to follow us on our social media pages. Our Twitter is at BleedingBNG, B-L-E-E-D-I-N-B-N-G. So there's only one G in our Twitter handle. Our Instagram handle is at BleedingBNG, B-L-E-E-D-I-N-G, B-N-G. But that's about all we have, man. Uh, the season the season outlook isn't looking too bleak, but guess what? One thing you can count on is Bleeding BNG being here with you all 17 weeks. So I promise, I promise I'll be back with a New York Giants preview. And hopefully the review, I mean with the Dallas Cowboys preview, excuse me. And hopefully the review to that game could be more exuberant, vibrant, and joyful than the one today. I'll check in on you guys later. Peace.